And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 195 today. Um, 195 episodes, man. Almost, almost at 200. Um, I once again will be doing the podcast alone today. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Last time we were on the on the airwaves, um, we did a week six preview, or. Yeah, week six preview and week five recap. So we missed the pod last week, but we are uh, ready for to go at it again today. Um, playoff picture is set. Playoffs start this Sunday, round one, with the top eight seeds um, battling it out for a right to play in the semifinals. Um, the last couple of weeks of the regular season were um, interesting, to say the least. Um, there were a lot of good games in week six that we'll talk about quickly here. Um We'll talk about, let's see, Colorado versus Texas A&M. Colorado beat A&M by two scores, kind of handled them pretty handedly. Maybe it was three scores, um, but Colorado was able to get a job done there. In the other game at 9 o'clock, Tulane beat Portland State, who was playing with a new quarterback. Tulane won, I think, 22-2. to um, In the 10 o'clock slate in Week 6, Colorado lost to UTEP, and we'll talk about that a little bit later because UTEP and Colorado will play in the first round of the playoffs this upcoming Sunday. Um, and Texas A&M beat, I'm putting in quotes, Appalachian State as they were mostly not there, and this would end up being the last game of their season. Um, in the 11 o'clock window, Kentucky beat UTEP uh, in a very close game. Uh, UTEP had a really good day in week six, beat Colorado, ended up as the two seed and nearly pulled out a two and zero against Kentucky, who was the, is the number one seed in the playoffs. Texas beat App State in a forfeit and Oregon, who started the game with five players, beat Texas 50 to 26. Um, that was week six scores. In week seven, there were only four games on the day. UTEP lost to Tulane in a game where Tulane only had six players to start and Texas beat Portland State in the early slate. And then at 10 o'clock, Tulane, no, Texas, without Tommy Galante, beat Tulane and Colorado off of a magical onside kick by Steve Bowen and company. And then a fourth down and 15 loss by Justin Ferrara in the back of the end zone, pull out the win against Stanford. That was, um, that, that was a big, Big um big play, we're going to call it, the Justin touchdown with seconds remaining because Stanford was up one, um, Justin scores, and if Stanford would have been able to hold on and win, that would have changed all of the playoff scenarios. So all the playoff scenarios literally changed because Justin went up and got that ball at with just seven seconds remaining in the game to play his team back up by seven, um, and Stanford was unable to um, score in the last seven seconds to win the game. Honestly, I thought we played pretty well, but they were just better in the last moments and took care of business when needed. So uh, there, there's a reason they're six and two, and there's a reason why they're in the second seed. But uh, so we lost that one. We fought a three and five in the season, and that kind of um, solidified the playoff picture. I want to really just talk really more about um, the playoffs in this podcast. Didn't want to really harp on the regular season, but all in all, I thought it was a good regular season. Um, personally, it was fine, but. Too many forfeits. I think we had. I think we had uh, one team forfeit half their games. Um, rough time for Appalachian State this year. Like we've said in the podcast multiple times, they have gone through multiple quarterbacks, guys not showing up. Uh, just a really bad put together team when it all comes down to it. Just wasn't able to ever really make it work. Not saying the players were bad. Just saying that the team construction and how it was ran and all that was not 
up to bear down standards. Um, but yeah, other than that, I thought every other team was a pretty formidable team. Portland State lacked quarterback probably a majority of the season. Abdul was not healthy. Um, Malik just wasn't able to really get it going. I would have liked to see Malik honestly just play quarterback a few games to see if he was really able to do it. Um, he did play quarterback in the last game of the season from what I saw in the film. Um, haven't really watched it much yet, but um, yeah, just a tough season in Portland State. Shout out all those guys for coming back. I know most of those guys haven't been in the league in almost uh, almost two years, probably two almost two years now. So um, definitely was going to take a little bit um, of a learning curve to get back into it. But what I will say is they played a couple teams really close. And in, a, in an alternate realm of possibilities in the universe of how these eight games went, they could have easily have snuck out three or four wins and been in the playoffs. But just weren't able to get it done. Quarterback play probably hurt them. I think they played pretty good team defense throughout the season, but just really weren't able to mesh it all together to pull out a couple of wins and make a playoff run. So um, the eight playoff teams are set. I will read them to you now. The one seed finishing at seven and one is the Kentucky squad led by Chris Hogreave. I think this was Hogreave's uh, best season yet. I think this is his best team yet, honestly. I know his Raiders team last season was also a very good team, but I think Hogreaves playing at the top of his game, probably the best I've seen him play in a long time, um, or I should say in a long time that I know him as a flag football quarterback. And I think he's playing his best ball right now. And I think they're go- they're the number one seed. They're the number one seed for a reason. Their only loss was a five-point loss to Texas early in the season. Um, I think they're riding a four-game winning streak heading into the playoffs. And I, I honestly think they should be deemed the favorites to win it all. Um, if I'm an unbiased party and excluding myself from the playoff picture for a moment, I do think Kentucky is the best team in the league. I think that they are deep one through 10. I think they have 10 guys that can play and play at a decent level where you can't really pick on anybody. Um, I think that, uh, they play very good defense. They pull flags very well and they kind of just have a really complete team. So I'm going to say that Kentucky is the number one seed. I mean, the other number one seed. And I also think that they personally are my if I was not in the playoffs, championship favorites. The number two seed sitting at six and two is the Colorado Buffaloes led by Suroff and Justin Ferrara. Uh, I think this is the first two, first time that they were on a team together and they didn't go undefeated um, in a regular season. I'm pretty sure they had won 20 some odd straight games at a point in the regular season. Uh, they do fall two losses on this season, one to UTEP and one to Kentucky. So... They're, listen, we know what Sarov and Justin are about. Bowen has been having a big, big year since uh, the first game where he really wasn't targeted much. But I like where their team is at. They have a formidable line with Marola, Giroux, and Jodameo. And then they have Sarov with Justin and Bowen. Um, it's a really good team. It is probably the second best team in the league. Um, and I think that they are more than capable of making a run to the championship. But should be noted, Suroff has not ever made it past the semifinals in this league. Um, he has yet to have a finals appearance. I do think that that is potentially changing this season um, based on matchups and where I could see them playing, who I could see them playing in the first couple rounds. Um, but I like I, I like this Colorado team. They should probably be the favorite on the bottom side of the bracket. Um, they have a tough matchup against one of the teams that beat them in the regular, regular season, but... Um, I know Suroff's going to be very prepared for this game, and they're going to make sure they have a really good game plan to try to stop and slow down Mikey, but we'll talk about the game in a little bit. But I do think Colorado is a definitely a, ch- a championship contender um, and could definitely make a run. 
Three seed, the Texas A&M team finished five and three, did not play last week in week seven. Um, had an up and down year, but I thought they got hot towards the end, kind of finished the season very strong, um, putting themselves in good spot, man. Three seed, you're going to have a matchup with Colorado in the second round if you're able to get past Tulane in round one. Um, I think that the A&M squad, they play a different style of football than a lot of other teams. They spread you out. They 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 run a lot of that. They run some um, of the offense that we saw the Steelers and Laguna one run last season where they line up the ball to one side or the other and kind of spread you out, force you to think a little bit more, force you to have a game plan for if they do do that, what is the game plan? Like what is your defensive game plan? So um, I like that they've kind of initi- changed some of the style or continued to change the style and force teams to be um, to think more, be actually be prepared. And if you're not prepared for it, it's going to it's going to get you because it, it's just not something we see every day in seven on seven. But you spread the field out, you move the ball over to one side, and you kind of just force the defense to really just be playing a different style than they did maybe on previous plays and previous games. So I like the way that they play offense defensively. Um, they do a really good job of getting after the quarterback. They collapse the pocket well. Um, and if they are going to make a run, I think Garland just needs to keep playing the way he's playing. He is a He's coming off of a finals appearance in the most recent season we played. And he's put himself in good position to make a run this year too. Hardigan, Kokoda... Um, JT, Noah, um, bunch of other dudes. I really like that team. Emmerich's had a huge season for them. Uh, I like this A&M squad. I think they're, uh, they're able to get past their first round matchup. It's going to be a good match with Colorado in that second round, potentially, or UTEP, either one. Um, but I like A&M. They're a good squad. Here's my, uh, number four seed. And this is probably my dark horse to win it all. And I'm not even going to call them a dark horse because I think everyone in the league now knows how good they can be, but this Oregon squad, Oregon finishes five and three. Um, I think their three losses come to the three teams that are ahead of them in the standings. But what I will say about that is the following. They played Kentucky week one, different team now from what they were week one. They played Colorado week two. It was Justin's first game in the league. They lose 20 to 14, actually held a lead late in the second half. And then against a and I honestly thought a and just took advantage of the fact that well, they were the better team for sure, but they took advantage of the fact that Oregon was playing the second game of back-to-back. Um, they got up early, and they kind of held the two-touchdown lead the entire time. So I'm not going to say anything about that game. A&M definitely won that game. Um, not taking anything away from them, but they got the job done. But I think the way that Oregon, yes, the way that Oregon plays and their style and their lateraling on offense and their really good flag pulling on defense um, – they force the quarterback to be quick quick with the ball. They they rush three and four. They get after the quarterback. And if you're making mistakes and their defense in the secondary is being aggressive, um, they're a team that can A, turn you over, B, can force you into really bad plays and really bad decision-making, and C, they're going to score on offense. They got speed. Keanu, Billy Waters, De Palma, Fionda, um, they got good linemen, Kaka, Hess, and Claude. Like they got a really complete team, um, and they are my dark horse pick to win the championship. If if I'm not picking myself, um, I would like Oregon if they are able to be healthy for three straight weeks, make a run, and kind of um, put together what they've done these last four or five weeks of the season. Really coming on strong. They started zero and two. They finished five and three. They finished five and one in their last six games. They're probably the hottest team entering the playoffs, and. Um, 
I think they put themselves in a good spot to make a run. All right, the five seed is Texas, led by Tommy Galante, a team that they haven't had their full team all season. Paulie, their first overall, their their first pick, the third overall pick in the draft, has only only played one half of football this season. He's out for the playoffs. We have Malik subbing for Paulie for the rest of the playoffs, uh, for the rest of the season, I should say, um, and through the playoffs for the Texas squad. Um, Texas, what I will say is, they lack a little bit on the line. I think that they get. Uh, they occasionally are able to uh, get the line pushed back. Like their their offensive line gets pushed back, and that forces Tommy to scramble mode. And listen, Tommy's been amazing on his feet. He's amazing with his arm. Um, but it's been a really up and down year for their offense. At times it looks really good. At times it looks bad. I think they're finally pretty healthy with the other receivers with um, uh, Mikey Giordano and um, Jimmy Flott, I believe, is going to play this week. And Nikki Venti has had a really good year with Galante when Galante's been there. Um, but they're just a scrappy bunch, so I'm not counting them out of anything. But they have Tommy, you have Malik, you have a chance. But they haven't been a really great team all season. They do finish the season 5-3, and three, so I can't say that they aren't good. But they did catch, I believe, one forfeit win versus Appalachian State. Um, and they were actually able to win two games last week to get to five and three, beat, um, won both games basically without Tommy. I think Tommy only played in the first half of the first game and then he sat out and then he had to leave the rest of the day. So, um, Texas team, I'm, 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 I don't want to say I'm downgrading them or down on them, but I think it's going to take a lot from Tommy and Malik to get this job done and kind of get themselves through to the, uh, semifinals and finals of the playoffs. The number six seed in the playoffs is the Tulane Green Wave. Um, another team who's had a very up and down season. Early on, we thought they could win games playing defense, kind of scoring low scoring, but and uh, just keeping the game close. Um, but then teams started figuring them out, kind of getting rid of the ball fast, neutralizing that good rush that they have on the defensive line. And they kind of started falling down the stings and they sat two and four with just two games to go, but they were able to, or sorry, they were three, they were three, two and three with three games to go finish season two and one, um, wins against UTEP, which was a big win to get them into the sixth seed and not the seventh seed to face A&M instead of Colorado, depending on who you really would want to face. Um, but Tulane, they're rocking a new quarterback now for a few weeks, Jeremy Cruz, um, he's played pretty well. He's he's athletic. He moves well outside the pocket. Has a good arm. And um, if those receivers that they got, if Chris Johnson got to show up, the has got to play really well on both sides of the ball. Uh, Dan Parks had a pretty good season for them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to kind of be able to put it together for a play or playoff run because they've been one of the more inconsistent teams all season in terms of one week their offense is good, one week their offense is bad. Defense sometimes is good, other times not as great. Um, I do think they do a very good job of creating negative plays for the other team's offense. Lots of sacks, lots of um, inquit passes, lots of just a lot of a lot of plays that put your quarterback um, on his heels and kind of force them into quick decisions. I think the key to victory for them in every game this playoffs is going to be keep the scoring low. Um, and force the quarterback of the other team into turnovers and bad decisions. So they're going to have to be run, led by their defense. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying that the way that they've played the season, I wouldn't be betting on Tulane to make a run. Um, but they have the talent. They got the guys up front with Latempa, Douglas, um, Vic Cologne coming off of a three sack game. Uh, Delon, they got 
They got a lot of guys, man. We need them to show up in full, though. They have to be there. If they're not there as a full team, they are not going to make a run. Seven seed is UTEP. UTEP led by the Gargano brothers, Aaron Ford, Kaka, and others. Um, interesting team because I really like them. Um, I think they have a lot of talent. Mikey's been there before, been in semifinals appearances, been in finals, won a championship. Um, and I think he might have one of his better teams, honestly. Um I like this team. I think they struggled last week against a, a two-lane team with only six guys on the field. Um, I'm not going to put like a lot of stock into that, but it is definitely a little bit concerning. I do think with playing against guys like Suroff, Marola, Bullen, and Justin next week, they're going to be way more prepared to play in this game. Um, I think part of it for a lot of teams last week was everyone knew the playoffs were set and that it was only seeding that really was going to be mattering. But once you're in the playoffs, a lot of us think the same way. I got to play who I got to play. And if I'm going to win the championship, I probably have to beat that team anyway. Um, so UTEP's definitely not going to back down. They won the last time they played against Colorado. But UTEP's big thing is going to be um, offensive line. Are you going to be able to be there? One. And if you are there, are you going to be able to keep Mikey protected? Because one of the big things against Tulane last week was every time you guys connected on a big play, Tulane would get two or three plays in a row where it was incomplete, sack, incomplete, or sack, sack, incomplete. Now you're in fourth and long and you have no choice but to go forward or punt. So um, UTEP is a, is a sleeper at seven. They are. I think they're a sleeper. I think Mikey plays his game, slows the game down, only gives you five, six maybe offensive possessions. So you're going to have to be um, very efficient with, your, with, the, with the ball going to have to make sure that you're scoring when you do get the ball and you have to force Mikey into some mistakes. Um, don't let him get inside your head. Don't let him try to dictate the game. And if you do that, you could be in good shape. But Mikey is a master a master of making other teams play his style of ball. And I'm not counting them out. Last time Mikey played against Suroff and Justin, he beat them in the playoffs. So We'll just have to see how it goes. I know both those teams are going to be very ready to go. We'll talk about it in the preview in a little in a second. But um, I like UTEP as a team. I think they have sneaky sneaky championship potential. All right, the eight seed, the team you've all been waiting for. Now, uh, this is the Stanford Cardinal, led by yours truly, Jake Esposito, uh, Sam, Dariel, um, Dion, and company. Um, we had a season where I, we went three and five, and our point differential was plus one. Um, we were the definition of a team that would lose games by one score or less and win games by one score or less. We played, we played in only good games the entire season, which I think is going to help us in the postseason because we're, we know what needs to be done at end of games. We've finished out some of these tough games, but it, it needs to come together. The last time, um, I was an eight seed. I did make a run and win the championship with a few of the same guys that are on this roster or just one or two of the same guys on this roster. Um, and I think that the way for us to make a run is I'm going to have to be really good and our defense is just going to have to be much better at not allowing 45-yard touchdowns. Um, I think that's been one of the things that's really hurt us this season is we play good defense for two or three plays in a row and then on fourth down, someone hits us for a long touchdown log gain, kind of sinks us, sinks our confidence, sinks our momentum that we were building. And when we do get turnovers, I've been 
poor at giving the ball right back to other teams. So um, it's going to be a full team effort. It's going to take a lot from us to make a run as the eight seed. We finished three and five on the season. It's not like we were a juggernaut by any means. But what I will say is, we lost to Colorado by a score. We were up with we were up with fourteen seconds to go. Um, lost to Mike Utah by a point. Lost to Texas by two points. Um, Oregon was probably the only team that really blew us out. Beat us by nine. And A&M, we beat by one point. So um, we're a team that I guarantee you this 9 o'clock slate is going to come down to the one the one point, two point, three point game. And it's going to come down to those conversions, which we've been a little suspect on at times. Um, but I'm really excited, man. I'm excited for our, our chances to make a run, upset the number one seed, and uh, hopefully make some noise in these playoffs in the summer 2023. All right, let's get to the games for Sunday. We already kind of mentioned them at points throughout the, my recap 20 minutes in, but let's get into the games. The first game of the day, 9 o'clock, Kentucky versus Stanford. Like I just said, the last time that Kentucky played Stanford, Kentucky won 21-20. Caveat with about a minute, mm, two minutes to go. Uh, Jake scored, but he was just out of bounds in the back of the end zone. Would have put us up and put them pressure on them to make a score and kind of do it, but they were able to... Uh, we had three timeouts, and they were able to uh, get one first down on fourth down that kind of sealed the game, and they're a really good team. I was talking to Jake earlier, and I said, they're, I think they're the most complete team in the league. They don't really have any weak spots. I said that earlier during their, their, their season recap, and Chris is playing at the top of his game. Liam was very not involved in the offense this season, and that's something that I do expect to slightly change in the playoffs. Uh, I believe no Mike Konish in this game for Kentucky. So I do expect Liam and Jelani to be very much more involved. Um, Leota and Kenny off the line have been pretty good for him this season. And Hogreef, he hasn't ran too much this season, but um, I could also see that with that be, with this being the playoffs, I could see that also being something that he works more into his offense. They have they have the ability to play any type of offensive game they want. They have the offensive line; they can play a little bully ball. They have the they have the. Um, the offense to air it out and score 40. They have the defense that can keep them in the game, or they could just be a defense that they let you score, but they get the takeaway or two that kind of makes the difference in the game. So they have a full, the full array, the full arsenal of a team that you'd like in a seven, a seven man league, especially in ours, which is a draft style. Um, and I think they're going to be a tough out, the number one seed for a reason. And um, yeah, I mean, listen, obviously I'm taking myself in this game. I think that the way we played them last time, we easily could have won. Um, we didn't, so I, I think it's hard to beat me and my team two times in a season, and I'm going to bank on that. I think for us, I said it before, the key is not allowing 45-yard touchdowns, making teams earn it on six, seven, eight-play drives, and if we're not giving up touchdowns, hopefully we're getting some stops, and we're really putting the pressure on other teams' defenses to also match our stops for stops. Um, it's going to be a really good game. Chris is um, coming off his first win against me in the league at quarterback. So he, he's got a lot of confidence guy, probably the most confidence that we've seen in a long time from a guy in the league. And, um, it, it's going to be a great game. That's all I got to say about it. It's gonna be a really good game. We're going to be battling game plan. Both teams are definitely gonna be ready to go and game plan and, and be there. Um, I'm expecting to have everybody there should be a good game. Very excited. Uh, Jake's going to have to be great. Dariel is going to have to be back at his elite level, which I think he's gaining his confidence back. Um, Mark DePalm was done for the year as of last week, so Q is subbing for him for the season. Um, 
And hopefully my line shows up and plays well and plays their asses off because if they give me time to throw, we're going to be in good business. So taking Stanford, obviously. Kentucky is number one seed, though. If they come out and get the job done, I'll be shocked because I'm playing them, but I don't think anybody else around the league would be too shocked because they are the number one seed at the end of the day. All right, the next game at 10 o'clock is Texas A&M against Tulane. Uh, Texas A&M, man, they're a really good team. Um, they're going to be without a couple guys this week. They're going to be without Trevor, going to be without Hardigan, going to be without um, Will Sabo, who's been out for the season. Um, they are getting Zach Soaps to step in and play quarterback for them for the year. Um, this was something that I usually don't allow, but with it being the playoffs and with it being um, just an unfortunate circumstances in terms of scheduling, um, I also am partially to blame for this because I knew about this and didn't take action sooner. So I told them they can get a quarterback for Trevor for the day. Um, they pick up Soaps. Hardigan still will not be there. So they still will be playing it. I believe their leading receiver on the season. Um, it, it, against the Tulane squad that I talked about before how I didn't really love the way that their team um, has played this season. Just very up and down. Very... Um, very, I don't know, it's just inconsistent. Just haven't been able to really put it together week after week after week to show me that you're actually building upon something. Um, attendance has not been good for them this season, the last couple weeks especially. Um, just getting enough to play, six, seven, maybe eight guys lucky if they have that many. Um, I hope they show up with their full team. Um, it's tough to play in a playoff game with a bunch of, team, with a bunch of guys you never played it with before. Um, so I'm going to think, I think Tulane's going to win this game. I'm going to take Tulane. I think Jeremy's going to have a good game. I think their defensive line is going to be able to overpower the offensive line of A&M. And I think that they're going to win a close, a closely contested game. The last time these two teams played Tulane won eight to six, and that was with Trevor playing. Um, I expect a similar style game. I think that Tulane wins 16 to 12. Yeah, 16 to 12. We're going to have some safeties in there, I think. Um, not a lot of scoring in this one. I could only see three or four total touchdowns in the game between both teams. So I'm rocking with Tulane. I think the sixth seed is going to upset. So, so far, I've picked two upsets. I picked the eight seed over the one seed and the sixth seed over the three seed. Um, and I, listen, we're amateurs. So in reality, are these really upsets? Yeah, in terms of standings, they are. But I think it's in any given Sunday league where really anybody can go out there and beat you on any given Sunday. So um, I'm rolling with Tulane. I think that their defensive line is going to be the reason why they win this game. And if they don't win this game, it's probably because their defensive line wasn't dominant enough, which allowed Texas to build some offensive momentum, or AM, I should say. And their offense, Tulane's offense, didn't really come to play. But I'm rolling with Tulane. I think they're going to get the job done. All right. The next game of the day is probably, I would call it the game of the day, Colorado versus UTEP, Suroff versus Mikey. Like I talked about before, the last time UTEP and Colorado played was just two weeks ago, and UTEP won the game 28-22. to um, Mike Gargano with a late touchdown with just 30 seconds left to seal the deal. Um, this is going to be a very loud game. Very, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of shit talking. I think the playoff energy is going to be very high in this game. I think the key for Colorado is get back to what was working offensively. Um, I think there's obviously going to be a game plan to take Justin out of the game. I think if, if, if you are Colorado and you are not planning, you are not planning on ways to try to get Justin open based on probably getting double teamed, 
then you are not doing your game planning correctly. Um, Bowen's going to have to be very involved. Din's going to have to be very involved. And Matt Merle off the line is going to be very involved offensively. I think Suroff should use his legs when necessary. Um, and I think the key, like I said, for Colorado is just get back to what you worked offensively. Have a plan for if Justin is being double teamed or being taken out of the game. And also have a plan for if Vingargano goes on the defensive line. Because Vingargano, the stats will never show it because he just doesn't play enough reps at D-line. But I'm assuming since it's a playoff game on all big plays, Vin's going to be playing on the defensive line. And it's it, it's not a good sight for guys that when he plays defensive line. He causes pressure. He, he, he roughs up the pocket. He pushes the pocket back. And... Surov's got to be really good, man. Surov's got to be good in this game. I'm not putting all the pressure on Surov to get it done because the defense is still going to have to do its thing. Uh, Justin Bolin, Dins, uh, Anthony Sharapa, hopefully back this week. Manny's played really well the last few weeks, really came on as a good, uh, number, a solid number three receiver at a good corner, had a couple interceptions. So, <sighs> the key to UTEP, key for UTEP is for Mikey, same shit. Make the game loud, make it mucky, uh, make it ugly. Control time, possession, and yeah, that's really always been your game plan. And you have to be efficient. Score, gotta score, gotta score when you're inside the 15. Colorado's defense has moments of greatness and moments of lapses, so take advantage of those lapses. And um, I, they're gonna be able to match the physicality that Colorado can bring. Um, I kind of like this UTEP squad. I'm rolling with Colorado because I'm not sure if UTEP's gonna be able to beat them twice in one season. Um, and I don't think I should pick three upsets in a row out of the four games. Uh, so I'm rolling with Colorado in this one. I think Suroff and Justin find a way to just edge out Mikey and Vin. I'm going to say like 21-20. Mikey goes for two to try to win it at the end. Doesn't get it. Um, that's my prediction. So I have the eight seed, the six seed, and the two seed advancing. And then the last game of the day, the 12 o'clock matchup, Oregon versus Texas. Um, last time these two teams played, Oregon started the game with five guys, got their seven and one fifty to twenty six. Galante was playing with base without any of his top three round picks in this game, so I don't want to put a lot of um, stock into this game because they should have a full team this week, or I'm assuming they'll have a full team this week. Um, and here's what I'm gonna say: If you're Texas. In your Oregon, like you know, this game is probably going to be played in the 30s and 40s. Like you just know, neither of you have very g- great defenses, uh, and both of your offenses are electric. I'd say Oregon's defense is better than Texas's defense for sure. Last time they played, they caused a lot of pressure, but Tommy was playing without some linemen. Um, but I do think that Claude and um, Claude Hayden and Alex Cocker are more than formidable enough on the line on both sides to kind of win that line of scrimmage battle. But um, Roman Dean. Lebo, also solid line, but Tommy's going to have to get rid of the ball fast, faster than I think he likes to. Oregon's going to put up a lot of points. Tommy's teams have always been known for giving up a lot of points. Um, and if they're going to win, it's just going to be an outscore you, I think. I think Texas is going to have to outscore Oregon. I think Oregon's going to be more capable of getting stops than Texas is. I think that, um, I think Oregon's the better team. That's just, if we're being honest, I just think Oregon's the better team. I think Galante's going to have to be elite in this one. He's going to have to make a lot of plays with his feet. He's going to have to find Malik downfield for some big plays. But Oregon's got a lot of good athletes. Cyrus, Billy, Justin. Um, they, they got a lot of guys that can go, uh, Keanu, Isaiah Copes. Like just a lot of guys that can go out there and make plays for them. So I'm rolling with Oregon in this one. I think the 4C takes care of business. They are my dark horse to win it all. So I'm not going to be shocked if they get this one done as I am picking them to win this game. 
Galante is going to need to be probably the best version of Galante we've seen in a long time. Uh, he's had a pretty average season, honestly. Missed some games. Uh, just a weird, weird season for them. Summer's always a little weird, but I'm rolling with Oregon. But I think if Texas is going to win, it's going to be get a couple stops, force a couple turnovers, and kind of outscore the other team and outscore Oregon. But that is not an easy thing to do. I'm going to take Oregon to win this game uh, 38 to 29. Yeah, 38 29. They go, they win by nine. All right, that does it. 32 minutes on the on the airwaves. Very excited for the playoffs this weekend. I will be out of town this weekend, so I will be arriving back in Old Bridge on Sunday morning at around 7, 6, 7 o'clock. I will see you at the field at Sayreville High School at 9 a.m. Um, thank you all for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you all. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow the Instagram. Um, and yeah, we'll see you at the field Sunday. Peace.